I mean, I'm a very stereotypical white girl that I love the pumpkin stuff. Um, not all of it. Well, I, I wasn't going to say it. I no, it's it. okay. I fully you embrace said it. it. This is a safe space. I of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today in our third chair, we welcome Keisha McKenzie. Keisha leads the program team at Auburn Seminary. Keisha believes that we deserve a world where all can flourish, and people of faith must help to make that world real. Welcome, Keisha. Yay, Keisha. You can show your love for Pub Theology Live, becoming a supporter on Patreon, get access to extended interviews with special guests, and some uh, video of before and after the show banter, where I think we do our best work. I don't know why (laughs) that happens, but that's what we do. Where you think you do your best work. (laughs) Ah, fine. Fine. Visit <laughs> patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. You know, I think we do our best work because we go off we go off script from the questions and we just talk about whatever's. We do talk about whatever. Uh, so, yeah. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the Supreme Court shenanigans <laughs> that just rolled out, subscribe to Patreon. And we also still have a few of these delightful Pub Theology Live Pint glasses. I, like I, I didn't get the memo. You didn't. Get, oh. Sorry. Just, We've just been doing it every week at this point. There you go. You go get go get it at break or whatever. You know we don't have a break. You want to go get yours? It's fine. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it's not too late to get one of these. All you got to do is donate twenty five dollars or more to NoKidHungry.org. This is a national organization that is providing food and meals across the country, much needed during this pandemic times. Send us a DM with proof of your donation. And we will send you one of these bad boys, a theology pint glass. And follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, using hashtag PT Live. And we are putting the live back in Pub Theology Live. We are going to be live streaming uh, the recording of our podcast on Facebook Live Tuesdays, 5, 5.30ish. 5.45-ish, somewhere in that 5 o'clock happy hour. Don't get attached to the timeline. When we figure out exactly what time we are recorded, we might give you some heads up. Oh, or we not. might just Or not. You just watch it later. Listen, but, you're on Facebook anyway, scrolling. Just you might, you keep might doing that well. until right. we pop up and then switch Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and you can respond in real time as we talk about things and maybe one of us will see it. I say maybe because maybe. it's us. You know us. Um, so that's all I got. Back to you, Shannon. Today we discuss October uh, spiritual lessons from fall and praying for those we disagree with. I'm so glad Derek's not on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I saw some of his posts. He has lost all faith in humanity on that last one. Um, So uh, what are we drinking today? Keisha, what are you drinking today? It is is my favorite soda without soda. Uh, You know, vitamin water. Vitamin water. You have a flavor. You have a color today, so there must be a flavor. It, it's it's the power C, supposedly with dragon fruit, which I've never seen actually 
in person, so I don't even know if that's a real thing or not. I, I have a seen thing. a dragon fruit. It's a weird looking fruit. Yeah, it's, it's probably like a lot of these things, they pick these yeah. so-called exotic fruits that you can't validate whether it actually <laughs> tastes like the thing. Right. And then they upcharge you for it. Right. So I've, I've fallen for the mm -hmm. trick, but I like the taste. So there you go. There, as there, long as you like it. There you go. Isn't that a, what's the, uh, what's the rapper that has like controlling interest in, uh, in, 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 in vitamin the, water? Vitamin good, water. Good it's a, it's a, me and name recall. It's a whole thing. I really have no idea. So Moving I can't on. be any help. Keisha's going to look it up while I, I am share my beer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought that's what know. you were doing. Inquiring minds. <laughs> Never it mind. was fifty. It was fifty cent. It was fifty cent. There you go. Cent, I don't know if he still is, water. but mm -hmm. he, yeah, that I was think his he, name. He, uh, he was he a bailed. partner. Yeah. He cashed in and cashed out. There you go. He's Happens. Fifty million there. or so. Not a bad. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know. Um, I am drinking a coconut hefeweizen. You have to see the. You have oh, to see. Oh, interesting. That is a. Cover. That is that is quite a show that cover is giving. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Debolt Coconusus from mm. the Debolt Brewing Company in Denver, Colorado. I started a I started a new beer mail order. Oh, service, nice! Which the name escapes me right now. Again, me with name recall, man. It's a thing. But yeah. I'm gonna hit them up in a couple of weeks and say, Hey, y'all, y'all, y'all want to sponsor sponsors? podcast? Yeah. yeah, I'm your customer. And I, if you're watching right now, you're welcome to sponsor us anytime. We will gladly plug you. you in any way but i think they're all like colorado breweries um had a porter by them the other night and it was delicious oh, good um i am still local heavy seas brewery an uncharted watered series um which is their seasonal stuff which is greater pumpkin um it is a pumpkin ale brewed with pumpkin and spices aged in bourbon barrels um nice and it That's is a, a lot bit of combinations of a i like there is a bit of a high octane beer, so <laughs> let's see what happens. My brain's just exploding with the list of ingredients. That's all. <sighs> a lot As fall approaches and thoughts turn to Halloween, we roll out the Great Herb Pumpkin, a copper ale with notes of vanilla, oak, pumpkin, and flavors of. Um, oh my God, Derek says this word all the time. Why can't I read it? Autismal. Autismal. Artisanal? Like, How do you spell like autumn and artisanal? No, mushroom? what is it? What's the artisanal? Uh, no, what's the word for autumn? It's autumnal. It's autumnal. Thank you, uh, God. Like my brain couldn't. Ogan, you're rubbing off on me. Uh -uh. Do not blame the black guy on this. One. No. <laughs> Pumpkin no. and flavors of. Say it again. Autumnal. Autumnal spice. Autumnal. There you go. Autumnal. He says it all. The, it's like his favorite word. It's it okay. says it all the time. And it's my brain. It's a pretty good word. It's it's one of those something's happening between my brain and my mouth today that I cannot say it. My beard does not have any fun. Uh, doesn't fun have any descriptions. See, you gotta descriptions, go with the descriptions. But, but this dude, this overweight dude in a coconut bra, I think you don't need it with the later hosen. Yeah, with the later hosen. Yeah, well, you, you know, so is, is there some coconut included in there, or I'm about to taste it and tell and tell you. Well. Mm. This smells like pumpkin. Like this is. They put some pumpkin in this thing. <laughs> they went light on the coconut. I can smell it, and there's a touch coconutty okay. aftertaste. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's you know right. probably some coconut flavor in there somewhere. So it's not full sabotaging. No, it's no, it's not. No, it's not. So, what is your favorite part about October, or I would even say fall? I think that is implied. 
So I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at some of these trees around me and yeah. uh, the, I love the equinoxes for the low light and the way the light hits and, and goes through either um, new leaves or falling about to fall leaves. So like there's a translucence to the light that just, it fits my soul. So I love nice. that. Yeah. And you're, Keisha, you're a painter. So you really have an eye for that light, like the way the light touches things. Yeah, I would Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually like, gave our daughter my big camera the other day and she went around and took some photos. Cause I was nice. just like, I wanted to see what you see, you know? Yeah. That's a good so exercise. even though I like the, the the leaves turning color and it's it's really a big thing up here in New England, I have Leaf red peeping? green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have red green color blindness, right? Oh, so, God. yeah. So so that sucks. So I don't know what I'm missing. Like like Christmas is just a like a nightmare for me. You need to get some of those glasses. I keep hearing about the glasses. <laughs> Right. I keep Maybe hearing about the glasses. Will give you them for Christmas. Maybe but, we could all chip in and buy like but a you know monocle. What? I've made it I've made it this long. <laughs> I've made it this long. No, but you're missing out. Am I so what do you see? <laughs> what I, do you see? So so I do I do see them change color, right? But what I miss is what I miss is when uh like there a lot of the red shades. Mm. show up in my eyesight is brown so i do get I the yellows say, they end up brown yeah i do get the yellows i do get the lighter greens i do get the contrast but that red some mm. sometimes deep orangey as i say shade, the orange. I, I i miss you know and it's been reported that it's beautiful it is <laughs> um but but from what i can see i i do enjoy and i and i do love um and it's it's counterbalanced with the the fall of temperatures that send mm -hmm. me into like grumpy space. Uh, so, yeah. you know, there's kind of a like net, yeah. net effect and I, and I stay in a level mood. I also like uh, the rollout of all the fun pumpkin bears. I do like um, the pumpkin bears that, and the, that. I'm a big, I mean, I'm a very stereotypical white girl that I love the pumpkin stuff. Um, not all of it. I, I wasn't going to say it. I no, it's it. okay. I fully embrace you it. it. This is a safe space. I, I fully <laughs> embrace it. I love me a pumpkin spice latte. Like I love, I love pumpkin beers. Um, I like, but I, I like squash in my food in general. Like, mm -hmm. so I like a butternut squash, you know, ravioli Soup. with the nuts and the, the, you know, okay all that stuff like mm -hmm. it's it's really good now what i'm not okay with is like pumpkin spice cinnamon toast crunch like I, mm, that's a line for me i'm not willing to go don't mess with your crunch <laughs> right like don't okay. don't mess with it um but no i do I, I i like it now my it's funny my sister's favorite season was fall and her birthday's in october and our oldest daughter's birthday's in october as well and and so i think it's just really associated with me with like a lot of celebration and mm -hmm. fun and you know things like that um now i will say there was there's nothing like autumn i miss i miss the northeast like mm -hmm. in autumn it, so much it was absolutely beautiful um the drive to from here to pittsburgh to get the kids is stunning this time of year mm -hmm. um but it's becoming lower on my list like the crisp air i like um, but I live with somebody who, like you said, Ogan, like it's the season, it's the turning of 
we're going to like, it's getting darker and mm -hmm. you know, all of the things. And it, so it occurred it, to me today that even though we've been topping out in like the low sixties here in the new England area, it's been chilly enough that I have not left my apartment in the last five days. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's, it's, it's getting too cold for me. We I'm, I'm going the outdoor, hair back out and everything. Like I need, <laughs> we I got need an to. outdoor heater for our patio, Ugh. which like, and we have a fire pit out there. So like, we've been, trying to keep it as like yeah um as long as possible but you know the plants are dying and um it's a circle and, of life it's, it's and then the nights you know like the light the light really the older that, i get the gets, more the light yeah. bothers me i will fully admit that me. as in um, the lot the reduced light the reduced yeah. light yeah um i i i never used to really notice that and i've noticed it a lot in the last couple of years um, so, but what I don't like, I know, I feel like I'm saying what I don't like about October, but like, what I don't <laughs> like about October is that Christmas stuff is up everywhere. And that pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen either. it. I haven't seen it up here yet, but the Halloween stuff was going up since last month. So everything is I'm fine. like, uh, once uh, it uh, hits ahead. fall, like late September, Halloween stuff going up, that makes sense to me. But like, you need to wait until Halloween's over before Christmas stuff goes up. Like, I'm sorry, that's the rule. What if you combine them? What if it's like, you They know, are, that's what they, like at Lowe's right now, the Halloween stuff shoved over to the corner and there's like all the displays are Christmas displays. And I'm like, oh. Well, you know, if you do, if you if you go to the whole like, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge story, you have Christmas and ghosts work in. That's what I mean by combined, you know, Haunted Santa. <laughs> nice. I say, I, I just say do a mashup of the two. Not just at the, not just side by side, but combine. I the well, here's of it. the here's the other side. For the color buying folks like me, red, green, and orange, so I could see some <laughs> Christmas decorations. We have several people in our house, um, myself included, where Thanksgiving is our favorite holiday, mm -hmm. and we feel that it gets squished out of all of it. So it kinda, it, it, it kind all of it kind of makes us mad. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Barbados, and our Independence Day celebration is November thirtieth. Mm -hmm. So uh national colors blue and yellow all through november and literally overnight it all comes down and christmas, christmas stuff goes up the last few years christmas has been encroaching earlier and people have pushed back against it they're like no we're not going there we're not doing that <laughs> have your sales but no decorations are going up right. before independence day is over so it's, it really nice. is a miraculous overnight transformation the yeah. elves come in and just like all right we're good we're done yeah like I get to, um, I get to start listening to Christmas music the moment dinner ends. I usually wait till the next day, but still, that's you know, but that's another conversation. But so let October the pro the let October be October is the point, right? It won't be yeah, this year. Totally it won't be this year. But not nothing is this year, so it's a chance to either <laughs> either try things that you wouldn't or yep. hey, listen, just, just release the the. And I'm in that camp that if you need to put your Christmas tree up now, just to like get Make through sure that it goes up. then do it right like if you need some freaking thing. joy in your life and that will bring it to you yeah. like absolutely I, I i just i feel like there's no rules here so so I have a, a good friend who whose decorations on the christmas tree are actually fall decorations see so like they're not baubles they're pumpkins or whatever mm -hmm. and halloween things yeah. as well See, that's if what Derek I mean. If Derek would Mash let me, up. I'd have a seasonal, like I'd have a Christmas tree up all year and change it out. But he to won't. our to our second question, <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna let your kids go trick or treating or? So, um, I I actually here's the thing. Here's the here's the 
we um do they know should we not reveal it here <laughs> just in case um the answer is i don't know um as of right now and probably i won't get into too many details about that but like we probably won't have the kids on halloween and gotcha. so that means they will not be going trick-or-treating mm-hmm. um i i do believe I don't under, I understand, um, like I wouldn't have them run up to house to house kind of thing, but I understand if we're outside and there's, you know, we actually have, because we have kids, like we have one of those like pinchers that like push out, like you pull the thing and it like <laughs> goes out. I, like, what are you like describing? A grabber? Like a, a grabber. grabber. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, oh. like old, gotcha. you know, whatever. And it like goes out four yeah. feet. So I could like give out candy that way. Um, we, but I, I admit that I would totally default to the CDC on this and they say it's not safe and mm-hmm. I then would not do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like now, again, I, I get my sources from multiple sources because I don't think the CDC always um, gets to make their own independent decisions. These days, no. So I, I, you know, look around at several sources, but um, really like I am not the expert here. If they say it's not safe, then it's not safe you know, and that's where I am with it. Um, What if, what if, what if? I'm not a health expert. What if part of a mashup is their Halloween costumes or hazmat suits? Well, we actually, the kids, we've talked about this because we had, it should have been, sometimes we um, have our, like, anyway, blended families are complicated, right? But Mm -hmm. like, we really only get all four kids when Halloween falls on a weekend. So part of what 2020 has taken from us is our full family. So we've been actually planning, um, the kids have been planning a full family like costume thing. Nice. And that's, so we're talking about having our own party and our own like, and by that, I mean like our family you know, mm-hmm. and carved pumpkins. And it's also my daughter's birthday that week, right? Her, her birthday's on the 28th. So we do a lot of combinations. You know, it's a great idea. Have the party and tell all your friends to mail them candy. And you just, you just have a big pile of like- So here's the thing. Why don't I just then... buy them a bunch of candy? Like, I don't care. It's not as you much know, fun. Like I've, so, so the question really for me is, am I going to hand out candy, right? right. Like- that so if i'm not gonna say even if i wasn't sending my kids or even if i was sending my kids like our this is what's been interesting for me throw to it watch. throw it from your top step it's well that's the thing like, like so you can't just put it out in a bowl because that's right. not safe because right. everybody whatever but right. is it really safe for everybody to come to your door and you hand them all like no you know that's not safe so like it maybe there's just and by the way, if there was a year to give out full-size candy bars, I feel like this year would be the year. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> like, get like and, a little catapult, a catapult thing, you know, right? Like so, candy at them. Anyway, so I, um, my guess is, is that we will just be non-participatory in general, right. which is my default every year. I didn't grow up in a trick-or-treating household anyway, so yeah. I, I, I'm not missing that part of the season. But the thing that I've been wanting to do for a couple of years is go back to a corn maze. And, oh, and yeah. I have never actually carved a pumpkin. That is my, what? never carved a pumpkin. Well, I want, I want to. 
those are, I mean, that's the thing. Like those are really good outdoor activities that you mm-hmm. could totally, I mean, the fall festival idea kind of thing. Yes. Like, I'm totally into that right now. Yeah. Right. Like, um, let's do that safely. And let, so, so what if we did those things to make the kids make it special for all yeah. of us? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest. I mean, whether or not you celebrate it, like Derek's family didn't celebrate Halloween growing up. Cause you know, devil's holiday and all that. Mm-hmm. And like, he I mean he doesn't really get into it because it's not a tradition for him right but it's definitely like also something we're gonna miss and understand mm-hmm. that it's a yeah. tradition for the kids it's and family right. time it's family time and oh, so man. you know yeah let's make caramel have apples him, and have let's, him have him you know. carve have him carve a trump pumpkin one it's already orange and two he can really get some aggression out with the so carving he can process. smash I saw it an excellent one yesterday no and then <laughs> and it and was then, like a pumpkin with within a pumpkin with bars. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. Nice. No, but then he can get the slow joy of watching it decay. Oh, okay. Like, and it's face squishing on it. So. I feel like we've skipped to the, the question yeah. about prayer. Okay. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> what is the spiritual significance of the season of fall? Frederick and Mary Ann Brusett say that we, as we watch leaves fluttering to the ground in the fall, we are reminded that the nature's cycles are mirrored in our lives. Autumn is a time for letting go and releasing things that have been a burden. All the religious traditions pay tribute to such acts of relinquishment. Fall is the right time to practice getting out of the way and letting the spirit take charge of our lives. Discuss. I'd say not only releasing things have been a burden, I'd say just, just releasing period, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, to quote the master Yoda, you, we, we must unlearn what we have learned and, and really bring that like beginner's mind back to everything. Um, I think where we, where we get ourselves into trouble as spiritual slash religious people is often we, we latch on to something and we say, this is it. And we're, n- we generally don't, open ourselves more to to a deeper uh to deeper learning which requires us to sort of let go or grip on whatever that initial learning was so we got we got to let things go so that we can get deeper understanding is that is that kenosis is that the fancy word for it i don't know you you you, yeah i was more thinking from a unity's perspective about the 12 laws and like elimination and the 12 powers 12 powers right there you go so so yeah. so the elimination is one of the these uh would you call them qualities ogun or virtues what how would you describe them yes uh powers faculties, faculties uh divine exactly. aspects yeah i'm not embarrassed that i am the unity minister and you brought up the unity 12 powers <laughs> at all but, I, but, but not at all not at all we, but we work together at that yeah, place, yes so. I, right i don't i don't i don't have a i don't have a stranglehold on the unity principles but you're right <laughs> yeah that, that was what i was thinking of when when i heard that line about releasing things and or letting go and also like having that power being celebrated at this time of year in the northern hemisphere makes total sense um yeah. the other the other law that might be helpful thank you um, is the principle of uh, putrefaction. So that's the principle of decay. Mm-hmm. And thinking about that, especially as, you know, how many is it now? 200,000 people 
in the yeah. U.S. Two hundred, um, close to two hundred ten, I think. Almost right. Yeah. So, so we we've been in an extended season where we could have had collective reflection about life and death as as parallel or unified cycles, and we haven't. And and we still have national newspapers talking about our brains aren't made to think about death like which brains excuse you and right. it's it's a a cultural um a cultural blotting out of something that is plainly in the renewing of ourselves every seven years so you your your skin just sheds it's new yeah. skin every seven years or so or um cancer as a kind of condition that's it the cells are are over spreading and there's not the normal cycle of release that would replace those cells. Um, there's always this sort of resistance to talking openly about, about death and dying and what it means to, to imagine ourselves, not necessarily as only endless beings who never stop, but also beings that are part of this larger life and dying story that transcends the individual. So there's all of these sorts of cultural narratives that uh, I think this quote is trying to poke at more gently than my last comment did. But yeah, they're no, I I blame racism. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, when you because when you think about it, so many indigenous cultures, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, have these fantastic rituals around death and on every continent. And, and, right, exactly. And and they were looked down upon and frowned upon as being savage and mm -hmm. and being unclean and all these things, um, you know, as a as as a as a result of colonialism. And and a lot of them aren't aren't treasured anymore. So so here we are in a country that is n that that has never really connected to those sort of rites of passage and rituals mm -hmm. around death and 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 stress the you know the feel good and the power trip and the accumulation is value not the letting go i used to think of halloween and and related holidays as this seasonal these seasons deaths death festivals so the um like when you think about the day of the dead for central americans yeah. like it, it serves that function for them and the the tie between Halloween and All Souls Day serves that function within a particular mm -hmm. kind of Christian calendar. But like, what if, what if we did have some sort of more accessible holiday, whether around this time of year or period, to reflect on life and death? Would no, that because how be would, helpful for people? How would we commercialize it? This is the problem, right? All these things Why? end up being commercialized and, and capitalized and it becomes about making money and it mm. takes away from the from the meaning of it. Like but, I ain't, I'm not a fan of Columbus Day. I'm glad so many people are observing, you know, Indigenous Peoples Day and, and that's coming up soon. But when I moved to the United States, I thought for the first few years it was that Columbus Day was a day about sales. Mm. Right? right, because of know. what I see on TV, I had yeah. I really didn't have an idea that this was what it was all about. Wait, we got a day off to go shopping? Right. Like that's what right. I legit thought it was when I first came to this country. So, well, what's interesting to me is as 
what I was reminded of in this quote of like letting go and releasing the things that have been a burden, I kept thinking about the season of Lent. Like Mm -hmm. that's liturgically what we use the season of Lent for. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when we just described the negative sides of fall, we we describe taking on burdens, right? Taking on the burden of less light during the day, mm. the burden of um, things dying and the, you know, and, and now any good gardener will tell you that the growing season is yes, the highlight, but you need the decomposition decomp- time. Yes. You need the rest time Absolutely. in equal measure. You need winter yes. in order to have the spring and the summer. Um, and for those places in the world that didn't have winter, there was intentional slash and burn. Right? Yes, exactly. To, to, to do that. And I and I think not only have we lost like around all kinds of human death, but we've lost the the celebration of harvest. I mean, if you're not in a rural community where harvest is a big thing, um, so I I grew up in a small town in Kentucky where. Um, tobacco was everywhere right tobacco was grown all around us and you didn't have to go five miles until you were in a rural area you know and to the point that like families so I graduated high school in 98 like between 94 and 98 families would still pull their sons I just need to be honest about that their sons out of school for a Mm -hmm. month to help them harvest and that there was a genuine celebration of harvest and now now and rest, right? Yes. Like that was going into winter was their time of rest. And especially after a plentiful season to say, you know, we can rest now. We can, we can really, we can plan for the future. We can, and we've lost touch with all of that, right? We only see these things as dying, but we don't see we don't see the resurrection that comes. Well, and, um, unless you're from the Caribbean, which probably celebrates carnival and crop over yes. every year, even though we're not agrarian-based society anymore. Right. That's where it. That's where it started. All these mm-hmm. festivals in the Caribbean started the end of the crop season. You know, yeah. Barbados. They literally call it crop over. The crop's right. over. We can go dance. We can celebrate. And the day after the biggest culmination of of the festivals and the parties it's a national holiday because we all know ain't nobody showing up for work right so <laughs> might as well just take a day off well. have, no, you, and I, have you sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i i just i just feel like we've lost touch with so when we we often talk about losing touch with the earth and mm-hmm. all of this conversation is our our complete lack of you know understanding of the life cycle of not just seasons but of you know humanity and you know all of that so go ahead it wasn't profound (laughs) (laughs) so right i got you um have you seen the movie the laundromat it's meryl yes so i was i what i watched it again it's a it's almost a film psa about campaign finance and offshore banking uh, based on the panama papers and there's a introductory vignette where Antonia Banderas, and I can't remember who the other guy is, are basically walking through time and explaining the evolution of money from, mm-hmm. from the barter system to this paper used as a representation of exchange of value. 
and and how that's become so much more complicated and I kind of feel like there's a parallel between us being removed from the the cycles of of planting and waiting it long enough for the things to grow and then enjoying the collective harvesting process and then being able to share that with the neighborhood because we have this parallel system of endless profit making and profit seeking that's not connected really to the production of anything that is of value in itself but only this sort of value that we all agree by consensus pertains to a piece of paper in my pocket right and so if we have profit that never stops then we never have to stop to see the leaves turning and i kind of feel like those two systems are entangled in a way that's been to our detriment i'm not sure how to disentangle them but but certainly recognizing that the the direction has gone in in a certain uh the process has pointed in a certain direction because of the way the system has become entrenched in this non-stop profit seeking non-stop oh, we, we we dismantle it by by having ethical capitalism you know a la elizabeth warren and some of her ideas around like like leveling the playing field you know instead of creating all these loopholes and 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 bailing out banks and 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 giving certain incentives to you know just certain corporations and stuff it's it's there needs to be a level capitalism i believe in is inherently a system that can work the problem is it's it's not being treated fairly um, any rules have been established or not being enforced and as a result it's it's benefiting fewer and fewer people who are becoming richer and richer while the rest of us are being left out so i wonder about about on what basis do we think that it can be handled right if the people who are doing the loopholes and whatever they're just actually following the tenets to their natural end they're saying if profit is the value, why shouldn't I seek it, even if it means that you don't get it? Like, well, but the, but that, even if you don't get it, that's not a natural part. That's a part that's been added on because of greed. If greed wasn't a part, it'd be, oh, look, I'm, I'm making profit. Let me improve the system so that, yes, I do make more profit, but everybody makes more profit, not let me rig the system so that I make more profit and my competitor doesn't. So, so that's where I'm, that's where I'm coming I'm from. I'm going to take a sip. You know, you take a sip. I'm going to read the rising, next question. A, a rising, a tide, was it the rising tide raises all boats or something? What's In that theory, saying? yes. In theory. Yeah, right. And, and sometimes um, unless it's your boat tsunami. has a giant hole in it and then it <laughs> But that's what it. I'm saying. That's where the unfairness of, of, of ineth- unethical capitalism come in. We have people who are, you know, tying, tying boats to the dock and, and, putting holes in other people's boats so that theirs are the only ones who profit from the from the rising tide so 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 i want to i want to read the next question partly because keisha something you said reminded me of this and Mm -hmm. so i want to um just go ahead and, and respond but with this question um at the autumn equinox day and night are of equal length some note that perhaps this signals the need to balance light and darkness within us. Joyce Rupp, a Catholic writer and poet, encourages us to befriend our inner darkness. Quote, 
I am great. I gratefully acknowledge how darkness has become less of an enemy for me and more of a place of silent nourishment um, where the slow, steady gestation needed for my soul soul's growth can occur. Not only is light a welcomed part of my life, but also developing a greater understanding of how much I need to befriend my inner darkness. What does it mean to befriend our inner darkness? And what, what you said that made me think of it was, um, it actually, it, it goes back to that agricultural light is, um, the more light you get in a day, the more work hours you get in a day, right? And so pre-electricity and whatever, like that's, and again, that's why when winter came, it was a time to rest. Mm -hmm. Now we have false light that allows us to work 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, and then we did that weird daylight saving time thing, which and really needs to go. Who the hell knows what that <laughs> and is. And tricks nobody. Yeah, and, and nobody likes it. But <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know why we do it. Anyway, but I- to get more light. <laughs> but I go back to actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was pre-show conversation about how there, there aren't more snow days or we use mm -hmm. that as an excuse to rest. And I, you know, I kind of look at this to say, um, we, on one hand, and, and for people, especially with a seasonal effectiveness disorder, like that darkness is a genuine burden, mm -hmm. right? It is a true, true burden. But how also, I mean, I look at this and I ask, and I ask myself this question every winter, how is this darkness an invitation to slow down, right? Mm -hmm. How is this actually an invitation that as it starts to get dark in the deepest parts of winter by 4 p.m. or whatever, you know, I'm actually saying, you know what, it's really okay because there are a lot of spring, summer, and fall days that I'm going till a lot longer than this because it's still light out. So how do how do we balance that? Um, now this quote is much more about a, a internal struggle, you know, um, which any of us. Um, I'm already planning Advent, so that's a whole nother discussion of darkness and light. And there's also a whole nother discussion of darkness and light being language that it's difficult now because yeah. of our associations with those two things. But I yeah. think we get the idea for this yeah, of do. what the struggle is. And I, I also think it's probably more acute in those zones of the world where there is this contrast. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't recall Oh, that was a cat trying to. <laughs> okay, um, but I, I I don't see so much of this language emerging in cultures that have tropical sun. Right. Um, they they're thinking of Jamaica in particular. Like um, you wouldn't be walking around in the midday sun, and you would be in your yard or your house by sundown. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, almost it's not it's not because like, the dark is evil. It's just because that's what you do in a society where you don't have reliable infrastructure to prop up, just like you were saying. Yeah, this sort of endless workday. Um, okay, so can I actually can I ask yes. you both a question real quick about that? Mm -hmm. I've never mm -hmm. thought about this before, mm -hmm. but you come from places or spent some time at least in some places where the midday sun was actually a dangerous you mm -hmm. need to rest signal yeah. yeah you're not out there that's what that's what they unless say. you're Mad, a tourist only the tourists out in the Englishmen are out in the midday sun yes, right your phrase 
but I, so, I mean, one of the things that I love about the Caribbean is like from, you know, midday, like that one to three or one to 4 PM, mm -hmm. it's nap time. Yeah. Like it's, you're inside, you're resting, you're, I mean, that's what siestas are, you yes. know? Um, yeah. And I've well, always embraced that, or right. I love that idea. So, so siesta, I don't know the- Siesta is a Spanish. Yeah, it it's is. more Spanish, mm -hmm. South American. Caribbean, it it's, is. we don't have the siesta, but, but, but by British. four or five o'clock, everything's, <laughs> everything's done. done. Yeah. Like yeah, stores are closed, home. businesses are closed. <laughs> like the whole the whole place just shuts down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no there's no going out shopping at seven p.m. There's no, like none of that happens. Four mm -hmm. four thirty is like quitting time for everybody. You go home. You're done for the day. But whatever didn't get they start earlier in the day. Right, but you wake up earlier so yeah. that it's not as hot. Yeah. And same in like uh, Southwest Arizona, I'm hearing the same thing. Oh from yeah. Colleagues who are right there now facing the way that the climate has changed because of climate change um, and seeing, you know, six o'clock is where they go to walk their children. Yeah. No, my, my parents live in Arizona and they've been stuck. They usually leave for the summer and they've been stuck there all, all summer. And it's their first summer they've ever spent there. And um you know, they've been camping up in the mountains and stuff to get away in the hottest parts of the week um, mm -hmm. or the weeks. But they, I mean, they just, they get up really early. I mean, they get up at five o'clock in the morning just to be able to do something, yes. you know, just to be able to, like, they run their errands, they do everything by mid-afternoon so that they're done, you know. So, so again, this is coming back to greed, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the reasons that, 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 so much happens for so late here in America is we got to keep the stores open longer to make more money. Let's, mm -hmm. let's squeeze more blood from the stone. Let's, mm -hmm. let's work people harder. You know, I'm, I'm really, these last few months have really been resonating. There's a, there's a, what is it called? The nap ministry. They got to, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, they, you know, they've been talking about rest as a form of protest against mm -hmm. this, like being exploited, um, to say you got to work all the time mm -hmm. to get by and that's that's not the case so 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 I really I mean you, you speak of Caribbean cultures there kind of isn't that I mean sure every place has greed every place has people wanted to make more but there isn't that real sense of we have to keep going this way there's a there's almost like a cultural inherent value of rest and repose and recuperate and then we're going to come back the next day and you know try again i mean i i bring that up right. just because of the um i mean this is this quote is talking about an inner wrestling right a dark night yeah. of the soul kind of wrestling right. versus um but i bring that up just because we so many of of us and the conversation we just had was as fall and winter come the darkness the the um, they're not being as much sunlight during the day has an effect on us. It does. And for me personally, that I, I've spent the last several winters trying to study my own body as to what, what is that signaling to me? What is that trying to say to me that I do naturally want to sleep more in the winter. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not necessarily connected to depression. That's just, yeah. I think that is an inerrant natural rhythm mm -hmm. of life that we try desperately to ignore. Not right? just sleep more, but eat more. Eat more, sleep more, you know, I mean, you're just not as active and, um, 
you know, and again, like, you know, part of that is, um, I don't do this. I know that there are some people who do God love them, but like they, even their, the temperature in their house, like they will try to regulate just like, they will make it colder in the winter than they would normally have it or warmer in the summer. And, you know, I I don't do that either. I'm just saying some people do. I got the opposite. I got the opposite problem. Like my heat's heat's already cranked up. People are laughing at me as a result of it. I'm just like, we do moderate in this house, but we, we moderate it in part, not, it's not about an energy consumption, although that that's a perfectly good mm-hmm. reason, but we have some elders in the house, so we are regulating the temperature for them yep. more so, and it just happens to benefit the rest of us as well. Yeah. But I think a lot of us don't like to face darkness. Like we don't like darkness for something, for, for many of us, there's something, whether it's a throwback from some sense of religiosity, you know, light equals good, darkness equals mm-hmm. evil. Um, we don't even like to face our own inner darkness because it's, it's, it's difficult and painful. We just rather like avoid it. You know, we, it, the last really few years, but express, especially the last few months in this country as we confronted the, the darkness of this nation and it's, and it's racist history. And our and true lack of not, I mean, our racism, but our also true lack of empathy for the right. other People, you know, just all of it. You so know. many of us just want to gloss it over, right? I think, I mean, when you look We're at, still trying. We're like, still trying. When you when you look at the 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 campaign slogan of of President Trump, make America great again, is that idea of we not we not even gonna look at this. Let's just gloss it over and oh and, the and new go, slogan is keep America great because we're great now. Yeah. Right. I don't Got remember it. when the making happened. Maybe maybe we were sleeping through it some of those autumn nights that came early but 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 it's required for spiritual growth we have to look at our darkness we have to intentionally yes find it experience it um um take away and, the power from it and and, and personally and, and collectively it. right like exactly where was it in our in our history whatever faith tradition we follow like yeah. where where was it where is it now in our world and where is it within me right but i don't but i don't know what do you guys think can we even can, I, I maintain that we can't do it collectively until we're willing to do it individually. And, and I think that's a struggle. I think, I think there's, there's really been this call again within the last six months, more so than ever, to look at it collectively, but we're not going to be able to do that if we can't even do it individually. You see, I, I think I'm off the dif- a different mind. I think, I think, cultures and communities create containers for people and and so it's not it's not as obvious as to say it's one or the other I think there's a mutually reinforcing relationship between them but I think about completely different topic but similar mechanism you had all these people in America who were polling that they didn't support civil rights but you still had the legislatures passing civil rights laws and protections. And 30 years later, then you had a condition, having had 30 years of progressive law, then you had a condition where people were able to individually say, oh, I support this, because the container Mm. had been shifted. And so if there are, and I think religion used to offer this, religion used to offer those cultural containers for individuals to mature into, but I don't know that we're really proactively offering that anymore. And so it makes sense that there's this kind of sluggish mentality at the individual level. 
because the container is still way behind us. Well, so and we, we get to step up and help try to design some of those new containers for people like that ministry is doing as far as rest and, and a, a healthier approach to labor and just respect for time. Um, and there should be some more of those proactive cultural containers for people to, to use to grow into so that we can have more progress at the end. But it's only going to be as good as if the people want to well, take advantage of it. Because well, here's what are... I agree with. I agree that I can't make someone do that work. Right, right. right. What we have had in the world have been people um, who have stood up and have been the world or America's or whatever's conscience at mm -hmm. different times, right? And we, so as much as like, I can't make an individual do that work, we have been able to collectively do work because people, even if it's legislatures or mm -hmm. if it's Martin Luther King or even Malcolm X, right? Like, mm -hmm. or these people, these, these community leaders, these ethical minds who are voicing these things for us um, and embrace it and as a, and whether or not, again, statistically, everyone embraced them, it's- They didn't. They didn't, I and mean, they, it's clear. Mm -hmm. They never you know. do in time. They, they never do, do in time. later. And, and we're- A prophet is never welcome in his own home. Exactly, and, or in his own time. And, yes. and we're, we're still struggling with all of that. Um, you know, one of the things um, I went on, I just went on the other day to, um, Biden and Harris's like the their swag you know site just you know Derek ordered a cocktail glass and you know I was just looking and one of the um one of the quotes that they're selling is to something about reclaiming the soul of the nation mm -hmm. and it's really a quote from Hamilton is <laughs> what like they've kind of confiscated this quote from Hamilton which I'm sure Lynn Miranda was like absolutely take sure. it on like great mm -hmm. take it um, but it's a Burr quote about like wa watching, you know, the nation and, and we're in the struggle for a, a soul, for the soul of our nation. And, and Biden has kind of taken that quote and run with it. And I don't think he's wrong um, to use that. I don't think that is a, I don't think that is a um, misrepresentation of where we are, that we are, we are right now in the fight for the soul of who we are. Um, I don't know what that looks like to get back to it. And like you said, Ogan, I can't make people do that soul searching. I can't make people do that work. What I do know is that we're never going to do it if there's not a leader standing up asking us to, right? That's true. Exactly. So exactly. that, I think that's where we are, which, so we are leaders mm -hmm. and, and so not just national leaders, but we right. are leaders of community. Right. Which actually brings us to our next question, which has been a hard one in our house this week, by the way. Um, it's so hard that I deleted all social media off my phone, which I've been planning to do for a while anyway. And um, made the oh, final, dear. it was the final nail in the coffin for me that, um, the, by the way, I just, side note, the nicest thing I've ever done for myself is I'm taking the two weeks off before the election and the week off after the election. Good That's yes. probably the nicest thing I've ever done for myself. Um, and I will be off social media entirely that whole time. I'm, I'm taking the two weeks off after the election too. Yep. Like I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going, to cab I'm going to a cabin in the woods just in case like, you know, total <laughs> anarchy happens. 
I'm you'll be, you'll be that guy like coming out of the cabin two weeks after the apocalypse. Two weeks later, like, what, going, happened? what happened? <laughs> like I got my bug out bag and everything ready to go. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm you're like, can I swim to Barbados? How far is <laughs> <Right>. it? <laughs> so many have expressed their prayers and wishes for a speedy recovery for the president and first lady, including political opponents. One critic of this approach, though notes that, quote, wishing people who harm and injure others health, good health, isn't actually virtuous. They give the example, if a coyote was killing school children in your neighborhood and it fell ill, you wouldn't wish the coyote a speedy recovery. Discuss the tension here and the contrast to Jesus' instruction to love your enemies and pray for those who are persecuting you. Right, can we just say worst metaphor ever? Can we just say a children. human being compared to a coyote? <laughs> Like, screw you. <laughs> like, that is not okay. That is bad. So I will, I will describe, I will not speak for him, but like, so I, I can fully admit what my thoughts were that went through my head. Um, and here's what broke me. So Derek wakes up. He, he wakes up first. I am slow in the mornings. He goes, Trump has COVID and Twitter's going nuts because they don't believe him. Mm. And it was said in all, it was like one statement, right? Mm. And I immediately was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'm out, I'm done. I like, and like, whether or not you, like, well, people can't believe anything out of this administration. People can't, and I was like, I get all that, but like, mm -hmm. mm -mm. like, I can't handle this. So he posted later in the day, um, so I didn't delete the apps off my phone at that point, but I also didn't open Twitter. Um, <laughs> oh, you didn't just log out. You deleted the apps. <laughs> so not yet. So oh, I got there. on Facebook a few hours later, like when I, you know, was, I was doing some work and then I, you know, whatever. Um, and I got on Facebook and I saw my husband's post that said, I am praying for the president and the first lady. That's the post. You know, like all he said, he was that he's praying for them and people went nuts mm -hmm. on his comments. Yeah, I mean, I they went that. nuts mm -hmm. and we talked about it a couple of days later. Actually, it was almost maybe even a week later um, that he was, cause he just takes a lot of time to process. And I mean, it really, really, he was like, I keep learning this lesson of like, I really do have faith in humanity and like, they keep not showing up for me, you know? And I was like, delete the apps, you know, anyway. Um, but it, what it was is it was liberal, liberal leaning people using scripture as a way of telling him that he was wrong, like using scripture to allow hate. Mm -hmm. and he says no, no no like you know our our conversation mm -hmm. is you don't get we don't you don't get to do that right. like that's the biggest criticism of the religious right is that they use scripture to hate you don't get to do it like we're the whatever language the toxicity has infected both, both sides. sides right so it was i said listen my motivations are not pure like I'm praying for his recovered health so I can watch that man go to jail for a very long time. Like there's no purity in my motivation. 
I will fully admit to you, my first thought through my head when he said that the president had COVID was if there's any justice in this world, right? But the reality is these are, these are consequences of actions, right? You don't and that wear was, your mask, you don't social distance. First, like this first, is what's, I'm just surprised it took was, this long. Why, right, why is anybody surprised that it that it happened? I'm surprised it took this long mm-hmm. I mean, to happen. And let's be honest, he is insulated, even with right. all these things he's been doing. He is, right. I mean, everybody around him is tested every day. Everybody's being like, come on. Like, it, of course it took this long, but it did. You know. But it, but it, but it, but it did, and and to that point, to the last part of the question, this is this is where the true test of do we believe these teachings that we purport to practice, right? Do we yep. truly believe in the love your enemies? Do we truly believe in the pray for those who persecute you? Do we truly believe that we that we love others? Um, as we love, love my brothers, I love myself. Yeah. And who is my brother? Like, do we truly believe this stuff or not? And that's when the rubber meets the road. I mean, the, the, the rubber meets the road before then, because you have to come to a common understanding of what it means to love your enemies. Well, you have, yes. to, uh, you know, you have to agree. What is an enemy? One, what does, I'm going to be the scribe in this conversation. What does it mean to love the neighbor? What does it mean to love the enemy? Who is the enemy? Who is the neighbor? And what does it mean to pray for somebody? Like it's not a it's not a prayer without content. It's a prayer for something specific in our in the Christian tradition. A prayer is not just an affirmation of reality outside of the metaphysical space, but it's like you're praying for a particular within mainstream Christianity, you're praying for a particular outcome, or you're praying for a particular revelation, or you're praying with a particular hope in mind. One would hope that that hope is expansive and that supports the person's highest good. But that isn't always where the way that people are taught to pray in the beginning. So no, it's not. Like, why would you expect people with a truncated and, and, sense of prayer? Well, and again, a, like a larger sense of prayer. To but this I mean, is why I also stepped hate. stepped away from traditional Christianity uh-huh. because honestly, there are no enemies. They're only reflections of ourselves, right? So, so everything we see, you know. In, in in Trump or we see in anyone we don't agree with are simply reflections back to that darkness question are reflections of the the base darkness within ourselves and we don't want to see it we don't want to acknowledge it we want to push back against it argue against it fight against it uh, you know demean it rejoice in its suffering when that's that's not the message there are no enemies. <laughs> Because we're all in this together, whether you believe in climate change or not, the point of the matter is, is like, if the planet burns up, we all go in, we're all subject to what we all do to our, ourselves. So I would, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with Jesus often, but, but when he says, love your enemies, to your point, Keisha, let's break down what, what, who is an enemy? What is an enemy? It's a person we have, you know, appointed as someone we don't agree with. We don't agree with their values, their principles, but, but the point is that no one is our enemy. But, but Ogan, I don't think, I mean, if we do an, I'm not trying to do an exegesis in that text because I haven't like actually studied that in a while, but like, I don't know that you're far off from what he is saying. Like that is part of the point of praying for your enemies Yeah, is like, and it is part of the point of love your neighbor as yourself. And because it's the like, there isn't there there are no differences between us right Right. like that um i i have i 
just wrote an entire paper on this very thing, right? Like that the, it comes together in Paul, which is difficult, but nonetheless, it's there. Like that one body language, that mm-hmm. one humanity, that united in Christ, it, it's not about difference of opinion. It's about that very thing you just said, right? Yep. We have differences of opinion, but we are one. Mm-hmm. We are one humanity. We are all beloved, even if that manifests itself as a hateful person in the world. And you that's, know. that's why there's no escaping for him from the consequences of his behavior in the context of his network. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he is part of that one body in his network. So it means if somebody in his network is sick and he doesn't take the proper precautions, he's going right. to be exposed. Yep. But it also means that we can't make the one body of humankind better by throwing him out of it. Exactly. And I, I, I want to be very clear that like, there's no, at least I think for us, I'll speak, try to speak for us. Please correct me if I'm wrong. There's no self-righteousness here that if you don't, if you can't like that somehow praying for him is better than not, not being able to pray for him. Like that's not what I'm talking about. Right. I got you. Yeah. I've heard the more extreme arguments on social all week and haven't really engaged them because I'm I've done as much as I can to engage that person as little right. as possible. I've, I've had him blocked since 2016. Right. And I have no regrets. <laughs> right. Right. But what so, we're, I mean, what we're discussing is, is not if you didn't pray for the print, like we're actually discussing that that's the negative, right? Mm-hmm. The negative is if you're trying to tell somebody else mm-hmm. how to pray, if you're trying mm-hmm. to tell somebody else how to react mm-hmm. or that their reaction was appropriate or not, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'd yeah. rather just say nothing. Right, which and, is why and, I left and or all social media. <laughs> like I, mean, I deleted t- it all. Fair. I didn't leave it. I'm still on, but like, you know, I deleted. I was like, and I and I actually said that. I said, I've said nothing. Like I've just, I haven't said anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think t- TikTok is the space where I've been able to, at least to the degree that I'm willing, engage the little bit of petty that I have in me. Mm. Because, <laughs> because TikTok is very mad with that person because right. that person antagonized TikTok. Yeah. And I, I just, I, there was this um, particular video of somebody uh, doing a disinfectant cocktail along the soundtrack of He Had It Coming. <laughs> and it's very entertaining. I shared it with my sister in the UK. Oh, I love loved it. it. But it is extraordinarily petty and I do not claim to be enlightened. I think, I think it's more, this contrast and tension is about, for me, us not thinking should the election go a particular way that we have done the work of making the country better just because we've moved an individual out of office. Well, and here's the weird like metaphysical paradox of this all is that everything that's happening right now is so vitally important. And at the same time, none of it matters because, because, because this, this is what we need in order to move forward. Like, like no, back to the whole darkness light thing light comes out of darkness darkness takes over the light and then light comes out of darkness again and this is the cycle Mm -hmm. when you look back at history and what we've uh, achieved as human beings um that's always been the cycle and it's happening exponentially faster we've Mm -hmm. achieved more as as a human species in terms of 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 civil rights of human rights in the last hundred years than we did in like the thousand years before that right so so this is part of what's happening this is just part of the cycle it doesn't mean that we don't become engaged now to be a voice to be for 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 the disenfranchised or try to make the changes happen we are but 
we also got to hold in our consciousness that same idea that this is this is part of the how we evolve it's you like know tilling the soil exactly well, i always i i said from the beginning his election ultimately in the grand scheme of things when you know 100 years in the future we look back on this period of time was a good thing because it allowed truly the darkness of the country that was for the most part, not visible to so many people to come out into the light. So that then we can have this discussion, this hard work we're struggling with now of, is this who we want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and based on history, I have faith that we're going to get to a point and we may have to have him for another four years, that we're going to get to the point where ultimately the majority of us says, no, this is not who we want to be at all. It and- may take another generation or two, but I, that's where we're going. And, and I understand that I, as a pastor, I don't have a problem with praying for the leadership of our country and a president, Mm -hmm. whether I agree with them or not, because what I pray for is that you be guided in the ways of justice and peace, right? Mm -hmm. You be guided in the ways. um, And, and ultimately for me, this comes down to, even though there's an argument that we overuse the Lord's prayer, that you know, thy will be done. Like, I don't use prayer to say, God create this outcome. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just not my way of praying. But we pray in a way that teach me, right? Teach me, use me, um, fill me, like allow me to find, be filled with the spirit and work your ways in the world. But ultimately your will be done. And, Mm -hmm. And that to me is not a marionette kind of thing. That's a just giving over, Um, I've been doing a lot of the serenity prayer lately, you know, and just a lot of, you know what, the things I cannot control and I can't, I can't make him recover and I can't make him sick. Like these are things I cannot control. What I can control is I need to do what I need to do around it. Um, And we just need to be careful to continue as we do go through this collective trauma, not just of his presidency, but of 210,000 deaths, mm-hmm. we hit a million deaths last year, last week yes. over, across be, the yes. world. We need to do, we need to take care of ourselves. So mm-hmm. we need to do what we need to do, but I can't judge you for doing what you need to do either. That yeah. is not my place. Mm-hmm. And, so. and, and, and you raise a good point. We're, we're in the midst of the trauma right it's not over yet it's It's not not over over. so we're struggling to deal with it while we're in the midst of it then we can get to a point where whether it's vaccine or whatever the immediate the the vital danger of it is going to be over and then all of this is going to still come washing all the emotion of this and again i can i can control what i can control is the way i respond and my choice has been to not respond right to not judge your response and to not you know, I, I, I'm talking to the people I need to talk to. I'm processing with, and, and I'm not, and I'm very much not anti-social media. It's just right now. That's fine. I am genuinely not in a place to handle it. Right. (laughs) Like I can't, I can't (laughs) handle it. Um, (laughs) It's a fraught space right now. And it has been, it has been for a while. The last eight years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I will um, continue Instagram because I do love Instagram and I love sharing photos. Um, I'm, you know, happy photos and whatever. And, and I'm not, and again, that's a criticism too. And then we'll wrap up like of, 
oh, you're only, you're ignoring. I'm like, I am not ignoring anything. Yeah. I am. <laughs> this is intention. This is intentional self-care. Exactly. Yeah, you you got to cope so you can tap back in later. Because there yes. are people who are, who are on the, on the front lines now who will need to tap out later on. Mm-hmm. And you'll be rested by that point and you can tap back in. Yep. And I'm, I'm very lucky to serve a church that says, absolutely, you take Plus, time off. we are ministers and it's almost the holiday season. We gotta, we gotta. You gotta well, one of the weeks that I'm out, I'm <laughs> planning for Advent and Christmas and to figure out how to do that in a way that is yeah. special so on video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So There's anyway, that. friends, stay tuned the next couple of weeks because we will talk, I'm sure, all about this and more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, a big thank you to our special guest, Keisha McKenzie. We'd like Woo-hoo. to thank the originator of Pup Theology who came up with these crazy questions, Brian Burkoff, and our producer, Derek Weston. Connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us live on Facebook, Tuesdays, live-ish, whenever. In that five to six o'clock hour, somewhere in there. Somewhere Just get a drink there. and stand by. <laughs> Oh, you've got a drink and you're standing by anyway. Um, sign up on patreon.com slash PT Live for more content. Yes, there's even more of us, I promise. It's great. <laughs> Find and create way to sell it. <laughs> Find and create a pub theology in your town. We're um, encouraging you to stay virtual at this point. You can find that information at pubtheology.com slash directory. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.